Hi, Middle Church. Welcome. It's Reverend Natalie. Um, she, her pronouns coming to you from uh, Lenape land in Harlem in New York. Um, we're so glad that you have chosen to worship with us on this King Sunday. Thank you so much for coming. It is a very full Sunday and a very full worship. So we're gonna get right into it. Uh, but before we do, we'd like to take a deep centering breath together as a community. Come, let us worship God. I don't know what do you come to do. I come to praise the Lord. I don't know what you come to do. I come to praise the Lord. I don't know what you come to do. I come to praise the Lord. I don't know what you come to do. I come to praise the Lord. I come to do my dance. I come to do my dance. I come to sing my song. My song. I come to sing my song. My song. I come to lift my hands. My hands. I come to lift my hands. My hands. I don't know what you come to do. I come to praise the Lord. Yeah, I don't know what you come to do. I come to praise the Lord. I don't know what you come to do. I come to praise the Lord. I don't know what you come to do. Good morning, church. Our message today is going to come from the book of Psalms. And I must say that I absolutely love the Psalms. I love the Psalms not only because of the beautiful poetry and just the beautiful images that pop off the page, but I also love the Psalms because they remind me so much of Negro spirituals. Now, some of you might be asking, now, pastor, what are Negro spirituals? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because Negro spirituals are songs that were originally sung by enslaved Africans here in America. And these songs were sung as both prayers and protest chants calling for freedom. Now, freedom is maybe the most important thing about what it means to be human. Wouldn't you agree? And in fact, three words that stick out most to me to describe freedom are the words love justice, and abundance. Now, love is not just some icky sticky feeling you get when you see someone you like, but love is what we are commanded by God to fully give ourselves and our neighbors. Justice, as Reverend Jackie loves to say, no pun intended, is what it means to love out loud. So everyone hears our love. So everyone sees our love. And so everyone believes our love because we are not ashamed of our love. And the third thing, church, is abundance. Abundance being the outcome of our loving out loud. So everyone has enough and everyone has their full rights and humanity affirmed and protected. These are what it means to be free. And it's important to note that these are also the things that Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King stood for. On this MLK day, it's important to note that these are the things that he believed in the example he wanted to set. So as we move into the rest of worship, 
Let us remember and celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And let us commit ourselves to follow in Dr. King's footsteps. Let us commit ourselves to stand where Dr. King stood. And let us commit ourselves to sing. To sing what? To sing the songs and the chants of freedom. And let freedom ring everywhere that we go. When we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Good morning. Thank you, young people. Thank you, Reverend Daryl. I am singing already this morning. Hi, everyone. I'm Reverend Amanda. She, her pronouns, executive minister here at Middle. I'm also so glad that you have chosen to worship and be with us this morning on this special King Sunday. I'm going to tell you all about a couple of things that are happening in the life of our church. First of all, at 1.30 Eastern Time this afternoon, you are all invited to join your middle clergy in a free King Day teach-in, How to Build Beloved Community with Fierce Love. That will be a different registration link than our regular chat and chew. So please make sure you go into the chat right now or head to our website so that you have that unique Zoom webinar registration link. We will not be otherwise having the chat and chew after worship, but everyone will be with us in this webinar at 1.30 this afternoon. We'll be taking primary King texts, which remind, reminds us of his radical theology and politics and thinking about how those can and must inform our theology and politics still today. Then tomorrow we will be continuing in the King legacy by honoring child literacy, a key component of his life and work. You can join, if you're in New York, you can join Jackie, Daryl, Elise, and others right outside our church house plant, 50 East 7th Street, between noon and 1.30 p.m., and bring some gently used children's books. Then we will donate those to You and Me Bookstore, which is the first female Asian-owned bookstore in New York City. The first 20 people that bring books will get a free signed copy of Jackie's new book, Fierce Love. So come bear the cold with us, even if it's drizzling, even if it's raining or snowing, we're going to be out there uh, teaching the world about some fierce love and continuing in the spirit of Dr. King by supporting child literacy. 
And then finally, this Wednesday night at 7 p.m., our Freedom Rising Salon Series continue. And Jackie will be in a very timely conversation with Rabbi Danya Ruttenberg. They'll talk about applying an ancient framework of repentance and repair to contemporary public institutions, our national policy, and to the public square in general. Also, in light of yesterday's horrific events in Texas, I know that they'll be talking about the importance of interfaith and multi-faith coalition building as we continue to build beloved community together. So friends, let's now move into a time of prayer. Find a posture of prayer that's comfortable for you. Close your eyes if you would like, lay down if you would like, stand, kneel, however you prefer to seek out the presence of the divine. And let's pray together. Holy and loving, just and merciful God, surround us with your spirit and care today. In only a week's time, we've seen fire all over the world and in two places near to the physical plant of middle. In the Bronx, a fire killing 17 people, including eight children at the Twin Parks Northwest Site 4. God, where problems are named publicly as only human, may we be the people who cry structural inequity caused by deep-seated racism, classism, and economic inequality. May we cry that those are the real reasons that a fire was able to blaze through Twin Parks, killing 17 of your children. Holy God, we send comfort to the long-standing family-owned Essex card shop, our neighbors on Avenue A in the East Village, whose shop was completely destroyed by fire also on Monday. While we are grateful that no lives were lost, we mourn the rebuilding and work we know all too well that is before that family-owned business. Holy One, we mourn the loss of Michelle Goh, our Asian neighbor pushed to her death on a New York City subway track and claim again our solidarity with our Asian American siblings and our resolve to always do better. God, we decry anti-Semitism in any and all forms. We send love to Congregation Beth Israel and to all our Jewish siblings. While we are deeply grateful that all hostages have been released, our hearts break at continued rising anti-Semitism and the anti-Muslim rhetoric and attacks already on full blast. Lord, in your mercy, may this not be a moment that fuels more division, but rather one that unites us in common quests for justice, peace, and nonviolence, whom Dr. King himself taught us better than any. So Lord, as we move into a day marked to remember and honor him, May we be reminded always that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. May we look into our own hearts and minds and ask where it is that we are stumbling blocks or drum majors for justice. May we hold all of this knowing that we can because you hold us, oh God, you who have taught us how to love and how to dream. Now let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Pray it in whatever language 
or way is most comfortable to you. There is an inclusive version printed in the bulletin and I will model that one. Let's pray together now, ever loving and holy God, how will it be your name? Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And friends, we have the unique opportunity to share peace with one another, to share God's peace with one another. So let's do that now. May the peace of God be with you and also with you.
Hey everybody, it's good to see you and good to be seen. <laughs> what an amazing piece of art. Thank you, Adrian, Luton, and Celise, and all those young dancers for that incredible, wow, stirring piece of art. Um, it is the day that we celebrate the birth of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So happy birthday, sir. And I'm glad that we're all together today. Will you say a prayer with me, please? Holy one. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as we seek to hear a word from you, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Y'all, I can't believe we're back in the Zoom spaces again. I can't believe we're back in this electronic way to preach. So we are hoping, staff, Consistory, and I, that we'll be able to be back together at the beginning of February. So please stay tuned to our email and our communication, and we'll let you know. My sermon today is called, Ain't That Shocking What Love Can Do? And yes, I was thinking about Whitney Houston when I made that title. But let me first read you some scripture from Psalm 36. I too love the Psalms, Daryl. And uh, we'll reflect on what does it mean to be shocked by love? This is Psalm 36, and the lectionary says verses 5 through 10. But I'm going to quickly give you uh, the whole psalm because the context matters. David says, transgression speaks to the wicked deep in their hearts. There is no fear of God before their eyes. For they flatter themselves in their own eyes that their iniquity cannot be found out and hated. The words of their mouths are mischief and deceit. They have ceased to act wisely and do good. They plot mischief while on their beds. They're set on a way that is not good. They do not reject evil. But your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are like the great deep. You save humans and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you Give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Oh, continue your steadfast love to those who know you and your salvation to the upright of heart. Do not let the foot of the arrogant tread on me or the hand of the wicked drive me away. There are Evildoers lie prostrate. They are thrust down, unable to rise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Ooh, David. Listen to him. Just kind of cussing out the wicked people around him. He's saying that what they listen for, what they choose to see, 
What they think, what they say, how they act is deceitful, arrogant, treacherous, mischievous, selfish, mean, vile, and what I like to call stank. Yes, stank. These are the folks who rebel against God, who foolishly focus on themselves rather than on the plan and the will of God, who is good, sovereign, steadfast, loving, and faithful. Context matters, and David is saying that in the context of all the brokenness, of all the evil around him, God is fierce in her love. Eugene Peters' translation says, God's love is exquisite, meteoric. God's loyalty is astronomic. God's purpose is titanic. Just verdicts of God are oceanic. Hmm. Yet in God's largesse and bounty, nothing gets lost. God's hesed, God's faithfulness, leaves out no woman, man, or child I'm gonna go to the created order and say no weasel, mouse, or chipmunk. Nothing in creation slips through the cracks of God's steadfast love. The life of the whole world depends on God's love. And David is saying in the end, when all is said and done, the ways of the wicked will perish. Their scheming, and manipulations are no matches for God's power, God's presence and providence. I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels to me like the wicked people are kicking our butt. Folks killed in their worship spaces. That rabbi who got kidnapped yesterday was the rabbi of the church in Pittsburgh that got shot up. Folks killed, folks kidnapped, Folks getting pushed off of subway platforms or beaten in the face for being at the wrong place at the wrong time. It feels like evil is using the boot, the knee, the knife, the erosion of human rights to smother God's people, to stab us in the back, to choke us on the chunkiness of hatred and violence and white supremacy. We all feel forced, don't we, sometimes? to swallow the vile tasting hatred and resentment that is whiteness. And you might be thinking, well, it wasn't white people that kidnapped the Jews last night. That's right. I think that's absolutely right. But I think our nation is built on a foundation of white supremacist, white nationalist violence. And I think the soil is rotten with with this kind of enmity and brokenness and that it infects all of us because it's not only in the soil, it's in the air that we breathe. And David is saying God's love is light, light that shines through the murky hot mess times in which David found himself in the times we find ourselves. God's presence is power that wickedness can't overcome. It's in the context of the wickedness that David makes this claim, not in the context of hunky-dory all is good. It's in the context of pain and suffering, suffering caused by, yes, a willful, broken, selfish people 
that the psalmist David sings this song of praise, this declaration of just how shocking God's love is, how satisfying, how safe-making, how healing, how way-making it is to take shelter under God's wings. The insistence that God and goodness will prevail over evil and enmity is a shout in the darkness. Shout in the wilderness, a song, song at the top of the psalmist's lungs saying God is here, God is love, and God will not fail us. Whew. In the face of persistent opposition, in the face of a broken world persisting in breaking hearts. Still, David says, God's love is meteoric, oceanic, all-encompassing, wild, crazy town, shocking love that provides for the whole world, all us, all them, all y'all, that God will set things right in the world, that God will set a brave and safe table for her people in the presence of our enemies, that God will hem us in from behind and before creating a barrier or a boundary of love and goodness and mercy that will follow us all the days of our lives. This is a defiant, bold, and brave declaration. Not because David is so holy, because he's not, or so enlightened, because he's not, or so prescient or wise, because he's not. This is a profound and defiant profession of faith because God is good, <laughs> because God is faithful. Habakkuk says the righteous one will live by faith, not by the faith of the one, but by the faith of God. It's because God is love, God is good, God is present, that David has faith in the faith of God. That God so loves the world that God comes into the world, stands by the world, watches over the world, provides for the world, takes care of the world, gives the world what it needs, not always what it wants but what it needs as light and sustenance. In the midst of trials and tribulations, in the space of the terrible and the horrible, God's faithfulness, the nature and character of God's fierce love, steadfast love is what fueled the Southern Freedom Movement. It flourished and it set its sights on creating heaven here on earth because of God, the ancestors of the ancestors of our ancestors who made a way out of no way in the bush harbors, in the quiet places, in the swamps, in the cabins, down in the cotton rows, my people. Living on love, God's shocking love. <clears throat> love, love that enabled the children of God to stand up for love 
in the face of evil, in the face of oppression, to withstand snapping dogs and fire hoses and white police officers beating them in the head, to withstand rocks thrown at them, their little child bodies for simply integrating the schools, to survive and withstand bottles of ketchup and salt and pepper smashed on protesting heads of college students, to withstand buses burned, bodies burned, lynchings and shootings and terror in the name of justice, in the name of love, because God's love pushed them out from their comfort zone into danger to keep on walking, keep on moving till they got to the promised land of freedom and justice. It's God's love that sent Fannie Lou Hamer out into the mission field surviving beatings and going back, back to the work. It's God's love that sent my great uncle George who lived around the corner from Fannie Lou walking in the streets with her registering people to vote despite the threats on his life, despite warnings that he would lose his property. He kept on moving, kept on marching. An ordinary man, an ordinary man, working a couple of jobs to raise his family and take care of his kids. An ordinary guy fueled by God's love to claim his voice and his vote and to help other people to do the same. It was God's love fueling the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when he spoke on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial on May 17th in 1957 two years, uh, three years after uh, Brown versus Board of Education, declaring that there was going to be all types, quotes, of conniving and methods used to prevent Negroes from becoming registered voters. And yes, when he did that speech, he was talking to the Ella Bakers and the Ralph Abernathy's, but he was always talk. He was also always talking to the Georges or the Bens or the Ednas or the Jocelyns. When he demanded, give us the ballot, he was speaking to you and me and ordinary folks like us and our children who like he would be fueled by, forced by, sent into the world by God's love to change the world with love. It was God's hesed, God's faithfulness, filling his heart with ferocious courage, God's love, filling his soul with fierce love so he could light a fire of love in the hearts and minds of others so you and I could be the ones we're waiting for to change this world, not with hatred, but with love. You and I might not feel like we have these justice warrior skills like Martin or Bayard or John or Ella or Fannie Lou. But I'm here to tell you that just like George, we're called by love to see a wrong and work to right it. To remember that you and I are the only people standing exactly where we stand, seeing precisely what we see from our point of view, through the lens of our stories. And we have the power because we have each other, because the ancestors did it. We can too, 
to make our government listen and pass this John Lewis voting rights law so that we can be free and free others with our voice and our vote. I know you're tired because I'm tired too. But we have a fiercely loving guide in our God, empowering us, equipping us, loving us, sheltering us, inspiring us, encouraging us, picking us up when we fall down, dusting us off and sending us back out into the world to do the work of making justice. We must meet the hatred that would erode our rights with love. That means love in the form of looking at folks with whom we have enmity and seeing that they're thriving and surviving is connected to ours. That means love in the form of mission that can cut through the noise of toxic politics and legislate policies that serve all us, all them, all of us together. Love that demands that our electeds pass the freedom to vote John Lewis Act. Because we are the ones that need to write a new American story. I'm tired. You're tired, but guess what? God's not tired. I'm tired, you're tired, and God is the God who caused James Cleveland to write, God is the joy and the strength of my life. God moves all pain, liberty, and strife. God promises to keep me and never will leave me and will never ever fall short of God's word. God's not tired, and it's God who gave confidence to a young Martin King and stayed in his body and in his life as he aged to keep reminding him that though bombs would come, though stabbing would come, though threats would come, even though death came, God was Martin's fierce source of revolutionary courage such that he was able to preach on the night before he was killed. I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would love to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And God's allowed me to go to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight as a people, we will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. God, who's not tired, caused that confidence. God, who is not tired, God's indefatigable, I can't even say it, indefatigable love. God's unbelievable love, God's love caused Tommy Dorsey, who wrote in the time of Jim Crow during the depression as he lost his wife and his newborn baby, the words to precious Lord. He was tired, but God wasn't tired. And he said, precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, help me stand. I'm tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Precious Lord, take my hand and lead me on. 
I had the chance recently to hear some words that Dorsey wrote sitting at the piano that don't show up in these lyrics. He wrote, precious Lord, I love your name. When I look back from whence I came, sometimes stumbling, sometimes falling, sometimes alone. Rend in the world a light so dear, many are gone, but I'm still here. Take my hand, precious Lord, and lead me home. Friends, we are frightened. We are stumbling on the shards of a broken world, but we are here. We are falling down under the weight of COVID and a pandemic of white supremacy, but we are here. We are here and also drum mages for peace. We are here and we are not alone. God's unbelievable, indefatigable, shocking love fuels our lives, fuels our movement, fuels our resistance, our resilience, and our joy. God is love. God is not tired. God is here, ready to take our hands and lead us on to freedom together. May it be so. Would you linger near 
precious Lord and lead me home when the darkness Good morning, Middle Church. Happy Martin Luther King holiday weekend. My name is Mitch and I'm zooming in from the Upper West Side in New York City. I first started coming to Middle about four years ago when a Jewish friend in my Buddhist meditation group invited me to attend her church, this church, which already says a lot about Middle. So I came, I saw, and I was totally blown away especially by the aliveness of the whole congregation and the kick-ass gospel choir that shook the rafters and rocked my soul so the entire church was filled with the power of the Spirit. And I remember the walls of the sanctuary were lined with beautiful icons of the faces of queer folk, showing them to be the images of God that they truly are. And then there was Jackie's mind-blowing sermon with its radical vision of all-inclusive, revolutionary, fierce love that compels us to seek justice in this world. And it's that love that keeps me coming back for more. At Middle, we believe universal love is the good news proclaimed by Christ, which is also the exact same gospel of love proclaimed by Dr. King, who said, when I speak of love, I'm speaking of that force which all the great religions has seen as the supreme unifying principle of all life. And King also said, this call for a worldwide fellowship that goes beyond one's tribe, race, class, and nation is a call for an all-embracing and unconditional love for all humanity. So as heirs of the sacred legacy of Dr. King, 
We at Middle are multiracial, multigendered, multireligious, multinational. In fact, we seek to be multi everything. And therefore, we also stand against white supremacy, male supremacy, Christian supremacy. In fact, we stand against every kind of supremacy. I don't need to tell you this, my friends. These are dark days. The pandemic is still raging. Our democracy is still under attack and we face a climate crisis of apocalyptic proportions. None of us can face this alone. So here at Middle, as a beloved community of radical hope, faith, and love, we will face this together and together we shall overcome. So come, join the movement to serve our God called love, love period. That's our motto and the summation of our entire faith. So to become a member, just go to our website at middlechurch.org. Then click join at the top of the page, fill out the little form, press submit, and boom, you're in. Last of all, you already know what, I, you already know what I'm going to say. This movement needs your financial support. So please, go to our website, click give at the top of the page, then listen to your heart, let the spirit move you, then feel the good feeling of giving love so others can feel the love too. Thank you.
Isn't that what we all need right now? Grace to believe that things can be better. Grace to know that we are okay. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. So today, let these gifts be a sign of that grace. A tangible, outward manifestation of the love that beats within our hearts. Conviction in what is yet unseen. That we will rise. That we will be well. That our love will continue to multiply abundantly. May it be so.
for you guys. Oh my goodness. I'm texting with Titus right now uh, saying, Woo, we're singing your song. Listen, y'all, these are some hot mess, crazy times. Absolutely sure. And I'm not like a Pollyanna girl having hope. I have hope because my people have come over a way that with tears has been watered. I have hope because good people of moral courage and rule-breaking kindness have always done the things that heal the world. And they've done it fueled by the crazy, shocking love of our God. So I give you this blessing. In the cycle of up and down, in the overwhelm, in the we don't know, in the uncertainty, and in the face of evil, can you feel God close enough by? Can you feel love close enough by? So that you will rise up in hope and stay in this movement. Because we need you. Peace.